0: Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. laundry? Uh, Ooh, a book club. Uh, Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, uh, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full by law, 18 plus, edition conditions apply. See website for details. Log Talk Radio. Are you ready to take full control of your physical, emotional, spiritual, professional, and financial health? Are you ready to experience great success in your life? Each week, physician, speaker, author, and radio host Dr. Diane M.D. and her guests will give you tools and strategies to help you take control of your health and inspire you to live your best life. Now, here's your host, Dr. Diane Thompson M.D.
1: Doctor,
2: Doctor, give me the news. Well, hello and welcome to Health Talk with Dr. Diane M.D. This is a show designed to inform and inspire you to a healthier lifestyle. I am your host, Diane A. Thompson M.D., and as always, it is my pleasure spending time with you during this broadcast with the hope that perhaps you will learn something that will take your health and your life to a higher level. I would like to remind you that this broadcast is for educational purposes only and should not be used as a method of diagnosis or treatment. Please contact your health care provider before making any changes to your health. I would also like to remind you about the show's call-in number. It is 626-414-3417. Now millions of people from all walks of life spend enormous amount of time craving it, searching for it, praying and hoping for it. They sacrifice many many things for it only to be disappointed. Yet there are others who seemingly have figured it out. And what is this it? The it is a healthy Emotional relationships filled with mutual respect and support. Today we'll examine dysfunctional relationships and we'll look at the players involved. We'll also leave you with strategies to get your relationship to a healthy place. My guest today is Ross Rosenberg. Ross is a psychotherapist with over 20 years of experience. He is recognized, he's a recognized expert in the area of codependency and co addiction, trauma recovery, and teen and family counseling. Ross is a sought after national speaker and professional trainer. He specializes in the areas of sex, of love, internet addiction, codependency, narcissism, and borderline personality. He is the owner of Clinical Care Consultants, which is a counseling center in Chicago. Ross is also the author of the book that we will be discussing on today's program, and the book is called The Human Magnet Syndrome, Why We Love People Who Hurt Us. Ross, welcome to our show.
1: Well, thank you, Diane. Thank you so much for having me on your show.
2: But you know, I I read this book, and I tell you, it really opened my eyes. I, I really looked at this functional relationship in a new way. And so I wonder, uh, in your book you mentioned that uh, this book had been marinating in your mind for over 20 years. And I wonder, what was it about your personal journey that led you to want to write this book?
1: Well, the book really comes from my own uh, efforts to solve a mysterious pattern in my life. You know, I'm a therapist, and I really want to practice what I preach. And when I uh, was in, when I was in my second marriage, getting ready for a divorce, for me that that was uh, my bottom, you know, analogous to alcoholism. There was a point in time, I had to look at, I had to look at deep into my own self and understand something is going wrong. I keep finding myself unknowingly in relationships with people that end up hurting me. And you know, as Einstein once said, insanity doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. And so I had to, I had to look myself in the, in the mirror, and I had to, like, really face, maybe there's something about me, because it's easy for me as a psychotherapist to diagnose other people, and I could talk excessively what was wrong with all the partners that hurt me. But I had to figure out maybe there's something about me that's attracted the people that hurt me. And through that process, that therapy, that personal development, Um, ideas and thoughts and theories and hypotheses came to me. And the more that I learned, healed, and progressed in my own personal and relational life, the the better that I became as a psychotherapist working with codependent clients. And then from this process came the the, the information that eventually um, um, inspired me to write the book, The Human Magnet Syndrome, Why We Love People That Hurt Us.
2: And what's wonderful, too, about your story is you show that there is hope because even after going through all those relationships, all those dysfunctional relationships in the past, you're actually in a healthy relationship, the type that many of these people seek.
1: Yeah, and one of the things that's really important for psychotherapists is we need to walk the walk and talk the talk. And, and we're, we learned early on that our Skills and our abilities are tied into our own mental health, and so I've always wanted—I wanted to be as healthy as I could. Of course, you know, no one wants to be, you know, you know, have lower self-esteem and have bad relationships. And when I, when myself as what I thought was an accomplished therapist was facing my second divorce, I was ashamed. In fact, it wasn't until I wrote the book that I really come out um, publicly that I had been married three times, and now I'm happily married. To a wonderful, wonderful woman I met seven years ago, but that shame drove me uh, to want to figure this out, and I am so happy and so pleased that my discoveries are those that uh, are my clients' discoveries. And now that I'm finding out through my national seminar work and the and, and the book Success, people people are are telling me how wonderful these ideas are and how they're helping how it's helping them figure out this mysterious a pattern that that compels them to to fall in love with people that end up hurting them.
2: That's amazing. So we'll we'll talk about the specific players in your book in a second, but did you did you then see yourself? Did you identify yourself as one of these this was the behavior you were displaying?
1: Yes in my book in my book I talk about the human magnet syndrome and essentially what that is is there's there's two type of people in love that comprise a dysfunctional relationship and it's usually someone who's codependent uh, who is all about other people they're pleasers they're caretakers they're sacrificers codependents habitually if not reflexively magnetically fall in love with narcissists or as i put in my book emotional manipulators and they're all about themselves they're self-centered they're egotistic they they control they take and the two opposite personalities it's as if they need each other and I, I as a codependent, unconsciously was always attracted to someone who was the narcissist or the emotional manipulator. It's not that I wanted to to fall in love with someone that hurt me. I always fell in love with someone that seemed beautiful, someone that sparked my desires, someone in which there was chemistry. But that blindness led me to fig, led me to uh, writing the book and helping other people to identify that magnetic pull that pulls people to their dysfunctional opposite pair or the, the emotional manipulator.
2: Wow. Now, you suggest that perhaps uh, our childhood experiences, especially you said the first five to six years, seriously impact our chances of being in a dysfunctional relationship. In fact, um, in one of the pages you said a person who um, whose parents deprive them of Unconditional love during their childhood, especially the first five to six years, will likely be drawn to a narcissistic romantic partner by a magnet-like force from which it will seem impossible to break. So, are people? I mean, there are many, many of us walking around who did not have the best childhood experiences. Are we doomed to um, end up in dysfunctional relationships?
1: So, what I talk about in my book is, is I try to explain. Uh, what, you know, why do people, what are the forces that create codependence? And this is a serious psychological problem. When you spend your whole life taking care of others, loving others, respecting others, and caring for others, but not doing the same for yourself, being unhappy, being bitter, being angry, but still compelled to be in relationships and where you take care of others, like yourself, this is a serious psychological problem. Um, And so what I do in my book is I, I explain, why a person what make what are the forces that make a person become codependent and it, is, it is, um is it is the experience of being raised by someone who's pathologically narcissistic if you have a pathologically narcissistic parent and um, and you and during the first four or five years when you are learning very important um, lessons of life of, of you, know, you know can you trust people how do people express love um, what are uh, what is normal? See, as children, we, we learn what I call our relationship template. If we are raised by healthy parents, and, and healthy parents means parents that make mistakes but try, we then carry that very important information, that very important um, experience into adulthood. Well, conversely, if we were raised by parents, say a codependent and, and, and someone with pathological narcissism, we were deprived of early childhood um, experiences. And that deprivation uh, forms or crystallizes um, um, and brings us to um, to uh, our uh, adulthood, unconsciously wanting to like to replicate that experience with the mate, with the mates that we choose. So if you are if you are deprived by narcissistic parents, um, you're going to um, bring that to the next generation and and follow that pattern.
2: What are some of the other forces that you think may play a role? Because, after all, you can have five children growing up in the same families, exposed to the same parents, and one can um, have behavior that seem more like the codependent and another like the narcissistic. Sure. So what, what are some of the other factors?
1: So uh, what I explain uh, in both my seminars, and, and I've been traveling around the United States giving this seminar for two years in my book, is that um uh, Pathological narcissistic parents create both codependents and, and, and adults who are pathologically narcissistic. The difference is, excuse me. The difference is, a child that learns uh, learns to cope with their parents' narcissism by being the pleasing child, the good child, the trophy child, the child that always makes their parents good. This child learns early on that the only way that their love, conditional love, is by being the child that takes care of the parent. Well that's that sets the relationship template that's going to manifest as codependency as an adult. Conversely, if that child cannot figure out a way to please the parent, then this narcissistic parent is always angry at that child. The child is a bad child. The child is the willful child. This child gets beaten down um, and then his relationship template is set, which means so he he can never learn how to please people. He learns to take care of himself and learn that the world's not safe. So that child becomes much more damaged, and that manifests in a, in a relationship template um, 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 as someone who's going to be pathologically narcissistic. That's why when we have a sibling group that um, in the same family with um, a pathologically narcissistic parent and a codependent parent, we might have one sibling that's codependent and the other that's an, a, a, a narcissistic. And the difference is, is the child that was narcissistic learned early on how to please people and how to stay out of harm's way with their narcissistic parent. But the other child could not or would not and took the brunt of the, uh, that narcissist's um, anger, and that child was damaged. And then we see that person um, as a narcissist or some of a pathological narcissism as an adult.
2: Wow, that makes perfect sense. Uh, if you're just joining us, uh, welcome to Health Talk with Dr. Diane M.D. And we are talking love and dysfunctional relationships, And my guest today is psychotherapist, trainer, and author Ross Rosenberg. We're discussing uh, some interesting findings in his book, The Human Magnet Syndrome, Why We Love People Who Hurt Us. Now, you have an essay here, uh, Codependency Don't Dance, and I found it very interesting. Um, As I read the essay, I sort of associated the codependent person more as a woman. So I was surprised when you just said in, in the prior relationships that you were the codependent.
1: Well, is it and, more and, and likely really,
2: that that's the case?
1: I'm according to statistics by the American Psychological Association, there there, is a, there are more narcissistic or pathologically narcissistic males, but the but the book speaks to all codependents. Um, and and I, as a former codependent or as a recovering codependent, as I call myself, may, men can be codependent. I know so many men, so many clients that I work with, can be codependent. So in this essay, which really was the, the impetus of of the the seminar and my book, I use this metaphor of a dance to explain why codependents and emotional manipulators or narcissists come together. So if you think of a dance, you need to, you need the dance is going to work really well when you have a very uh, coordinated pair, someone who leads and takes control and someone who is passive, who is uh, who's acquiescent, who lets the person do what they need to do. So when you have two people who are perfectly coordinated in that dance, it works well. Well, if we look at uh, a codependent, a codependent gives up their power, they're passive, they're the caretaker. So who's going to be the perfectly coordinated dancer for the codependent is someone who's a controller, the care needer. The person who needs to take control, so the care needer and the caretaker are perfectly matched in this dysfunctional relationship dance and so as so when I introduce that concept to my clients, my codependent clients, the light bulb moment goes off for them, and they realize, oh my gosh, it's not just that I had bad luck that I keep uh, meeting these 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 horribly uh, horribly narcissistic men or women. It's because there's something about me that feels so comfortable um, and so natural with these, with these men. And the truth is, when the codependent meets the emotional manipulator, the narcissist or the narcissist meets the codependent, they fall deeply in love because it feels so right for them. Their opposite personalities, like, their, like the dance, are feel so perfectly matched. And in the book, the Human Magnet Center might talk about this dysfunctional match, which is perfectly balanced. The codependent fits; the codependent's passive selflessness fits with the controlling selfishness of the the pathologically narcissistic person.
2: And that is interesting because when I when I first thought about it, I, I could completely understand why the narcissistic person would want the codependent, because you know. It it made sense, but I couldn't understand why a codependent person would have been attracted to someone with narcissistic traits, but the way you explained it uh, makes perfect sense. Now, I wonder, did you or does any of the people who who are uh, codependent, do they really recognize that this is dysfunctional, that maybe I can't help myself, but I know this is not normal?
1: Well, what happens? What happens with codependents who have not uh, been in therapy, especially have not read my book or been in therapy with me? What they do is what I did: is that they fall in love with someone who feels like their soulmate. And what I learned, and, and I use this, I use this thing that I, my dad used to say. It's kind of a joke, but it's pretty powerful. What starts off as a soulmate, as my dad would say, ends up being a soulmate. And so, as, as but what really the truth of the matter is. You, to the codependent, you, they cannot discern unhealthy people in the beginning. They fall deeply in love. If you ask any codependent who's in a in a relationship with a pathologically narcissistic person, they will talk about the most intense soulmate experience in the beginning. And that happened to me. That happened to me several times, and at, at least twice in, in my two marriages. So the codependent falls in love. We all fall in love, but they fall in love with the person that is their opposite dysfunctional match, just like two magnets. We think of magnets as having a north pole and a south pole, and opposite poles attract each other. Well, in the human magnet syndrome, I talk about that we're all human magnets. The codependent, um, who perf- um, they're, they perfectly match up with the emotional manipulator like two ends of a the magnet. They find each other, and they are attracted to each other, and they fall deeply and hopelessly in love. But once that cloud of love clears off, and it usually does quite quickly, with this dysfunctional couple, the codependent feels trapped. and feels um, uh, feels trapped. But the difference between a healthy person, that all of a sudden you know um, realizes that their partner is pathologically narcissistic, the codependent stays in the relationship. A healthy person will say, you know, shoot, you know, done, you know, you know, what have I done? And then they'll, they'll walk away or they'll break up. The codependent feels trapped because they lack the self-esteem, they lack the personal experience, and and going back to their childhood, that relationship template, you know, is a part of their unconscious, uh, their self-esteem and their unconscious. They don't have the experience, the self-esteem, or the know-how to get out of these relationships, so they just submit and give up
2: and And I've seen uh these types of relationships before, and many, many times we just chalk that up as to someone with low self esteem or someone that's a doormat but but these people initially are having a need met is what you're saying
1: yeah, they're having a need met but what really they the codependent and and, and I know this sounds kind of odd, but the codependent really loves the narcissist that hurts them, it's distorted, and it doesn't make sense but They grew up in such a um, harmful environment, that is what they learned to be normal. The codependent feels like they can change this person, that they can control this person, they can heal this person. They have this idea that to leave this person would be to walk out. They would feel guilty and ashamed of themselves if they left this person. So they experience deep love. Codependents don't want to be hurt. They just feel, like, compelled to stay in this relationship because they mistake the factor of abuse for love and commitment. And that is why it confounds and confuses uh, many therapists and many of us when we see these codependents who are in these relationships and we say, why don't you just get out? But they'll say or they'll feel you don't understand. He's really a good person. I can help him. He shouldn't be alone. They are, it's a magnet. The magnet holds these two together. Because together, they're both lonely, they both have horrible self-esteem, and they both feel completed. It doesn't make sense to healthy people, but the codependent will talk about that. It's as if they feel powerless. It's almost as if they're addicted to this narcissist, that they feel that they need this person. And it's only through therapy can we change those unconscious patterns.
2: Now, uh, on the surface, the narcissistic person seems to be the person in power, but you're thinking that there is some self-esteem issue there as well.
1: Well, oh, and, and, and as, that's why I, I created the dance essay. The dance essay shows that the codependent participates in this relationship. The codependent chooses and falls in, love with the, falls in love with the narcissist. They fulfill the narcissist as much as the narcissist fulfills them. The codependent feels fulfilled when they can take care of someone and feel needed and special through submission. It is what they've learned early on. And conversely, the, the narcissist feels fulfilled when someone takes care of them. The codependent does not know how to be in a relationship that there's mutuality and reciprocity. It feels odd. It feels unnatural. And, they, and, and they're, and you know, it's like two magnets. If you think of two magnets of similar polarity, at the North Pole and the North Pole, what happens to that? It's a repulsion. They are They are unconsciously repelled. By healthy people. So, so in, a, in a bizarre and kind of odd way, the codependents feel normal even though they're happy. And it's not until you get into therapy and you challenge so those distorted thought uh, processes, you challenge the way they think and you start to work on their self-esteem. do They start to understand that they have a choice and they have control over this.
2: Wow, this is uh, interesting. We're talking about the human magnet syndrome, why we love people who hurt us, and our guest today is Ross Rosenberg. Now, um, the other thing I wondered, and you kind of touched on this a little bit, would either of these personalities, would they do well with a healthy person? You know, can they form a relationship with someone who doesn't think this way?
1: Well, you know, and I, and I talk about this in my book, The Human Magnet Syndrome. I, I have a concept called the continuum of self. And and, and it, 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 it parallels really nicely with the whole human magnet syndrome concept and the dance concept. So if we look at codependents that, that are all about other people's needs, that feel comfortable giving and caregiving, um, uh, naturally attracted to self-centered narcissistic people that are all about themselves, that are comfortable in taking, you, we understand that match. So what happens when you get a codependent who, is a, uh, who starts to date someone who's healthy? There's not going to be a match because a codependent only feels comfortable when they can, they're with someone where they can um, take care of, where they can uh, help them, where they can sacrifice. So the codependent unconsciously is not going to be attracted to um, the healthy person. That, that magnetism, that opposite magnetism that brings two dysfunctional pairs, isn't going to be there. Um, Well, how about a healthy person going on a date with a narcissist, someone who talks about themselves all night, who who keeps reflecting on how great they are and bringing back all the conversation about them? um, Just like with the codependent, it's not going to feel natural. There's not going to be that magnetism that um, that the the healthy person is going to be repelled uh, by the narcissist because their self-esteem tells them, why should I be... um, with someone who talks about themselves and they will finish that date and they will stay away from that person as, as much as they can that's why healthy people are magnetically attracted to each other as dysfunctional people are and in my book i talk about that in human magnet syndrome i talk about this magnetic pull that pulls healthy opposite people together and help healthy um, dysfunctional so the codependent Like like the dance concept, the codependent can only dance with someone who fits their personality type. The the relationship dance can't happen on the other way because the codependent, as I say in my essay, they'll step on each other's toes, the dance won't be coordinated, and they won't know what to do.
2: So if these two people are in a relationship, and let's say one of them decides, let me start working on myself and and view relationships in a healthier Mm -hmm. way, Does this mean that if the other person doesn't seek help, it will be a demise in this relationship?
1: Yes. When we look at the codependent emotional manipulator or pathological narcissist relationship, remember it's perfectly balanced in in each of the partners' opposite dysfunction, the person who's completely connected uh, with low self-esteem and takes care of someone, and then, of course, the opposite, someone who's self-centered or narcissistic. So when that when the codependents come to therapy with me and they start to get better, this is very, very threatening and sometimes dangerous to the, the emotional manipulator or the narcissist. Once, when someone stands up to a narcissist, um, they get very angry. Narcissists, do not, uh, narcissists with a narcissistic personality disorder do not have the capabilities of, of understanding um, their psychological problems. They're, they're very, very sensitive to criticism
0: or anyone disagreeing with
1: them. So if the codependent comes back and starts to set boundaries, I warn the codependent to be careful because that could be dangerous for them. That, um, so it sets the relationship off balance. And using the dance analogy, um, the the relationship doesn't have balance, so the codependent has two directions to go. And that is to go back to the codependency, to to complete that human magnetism or perfect dysfunctional balance, or stay healthy and hope that their partner goes into therapy and and similarly gets healthy so that they can continue a magnetic attraction, but this time as healthy people
2: now you you also um you touched on this um, continuum of self theory. Can you talk a little bit about that and tell us how it impacts how we relate to each other and are we stuck in one spot or can we move along this continuum?
1: Well, I created the continuum to be able to talk about all people and why all of us are attracted to certain personality types. We all have what I call a self-orientation. We're either more oriented towards loving, respecting, and caring others or more oriented towards loving, respecting, and caring ourselves. And in, in, in a mild form, that's healthy. It's just a personality type someone who's a psychotherapist or a nurse that just enjoys volunteering, someone who's a stay-at-home mom that loves taking care of people uh, but yet can set boundaries and can communicate what they need, they're a healthy caretaker. Well, the healthy caretaker um, is going to be attracted to someone who's probably more about themselves, perhaps an attorney, perhaps a writer, someone that likes to work really hard to get attention, they're healthy because they not only can they take feedback, but they can be mutual and reciprocal in a relationship. So in the continuum of self-theory, I talk about um, variations of how opposite people are attracted to each other. The healthier the opposites, um, the, um, um, there's still that magnetic attraction, but yet it's healthy attraction. But the more you are, if you move to the left, to the, the far sides of the continuum, the more you're codependent or about other people's needs or the more you're about your self-needs or you're narcissistic, the more unhealthy um, the relationship is, the less mutuality and reciprocity or the more dysfunctional the relationship is. So in essence, the continuum of self helps us understand why even healthy people are attracted to each other, and it also represents what happens when we get healthier Relationship and we, it represents movement, both in a, in a positive way or in a negative way.
2: Now, for our listeners who you know recognize themselves as either either player in this dance, um, what how do they start to break this cycle?
1: Well, the best thing the best thing um, that I can recommend is what happened to me and what I do with most of my clients is 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 understand. That you know, that there is a bottom. There, there's a time at which you have to face face the truth, and that is you're unhappy in a relationship, and your partner does not and cannot um, meet your needs. And to understand that there, that you share the responsibility, because going to therapy and wanting to talk about how bad someone is and how much you hate or are angry at your partner, well, that might feel good, but that's not going to solve the problem. What solves the problem? Is to take responsibility about your part of this dysfunctional dance, your attraction, your reluctance to the the pathological narcissist, or your reluctancy to get out of the relationship. Once you understand what keeps you in these relationships or what compels you to repeat these relationship types, then there is hope you to finally find love that's healthy and mutual. And that's why the book, The Human Masochism Syndrome, why we love people that hurt us. Is the perfect book to read because it opens up your mind and your heart and helps you understand what is it about you that pulls you in these relationships, and that's when therapy really works. That's when therapy takes off, is when you understand that you're not a victim, but you're a player in the dysfunctional dance. And then my clients um, get healthier, and they move towards the possibility of healthy mutual relationships.
2: Do you think it's easier to help the codependent
1: uh, versus the the narcissistic uh, person yes well when we look at the, the pathological narcissist and we 're looking at personality disorders and these mm-hmm. uh, personality disorders by definition are um, anyone with a personality disorder is very resistant uh, to getting help, and that is because they don't see the problem they get they deny the problem they there are they um, they get they're very fragile so any Any person that knows someone who's a pathology narcissist will tell you that you can never give that narcissist um, criticism or constructive feedback because they get angry and they push back. So if you are a person that by nature cannot take responsibility and tends to blame people for your problems, they are not good candidates for psychotherapy. In fact, they don't want to go to therapy because the narcissists always blame others for their problems. And, and so they will come to therapy and they will insist that there's nothing wrong with them. And if you, if you try to get them to take responsibility, they get really mad, they often terminate in therapy. So it is very difficult um, to, to treat or, or, or provide psychotherapy to pathologically narcissistic people because, one, is they don't think there's anything wrong with them, and, two, is when they are in therapy, um, they don't cooperate. So, yes, codependents, by, by definition, are able to take responsibility for the problem and are able to work in therapy. But the challenge is to work through that denial, uh, that denial system that keeps them into these dysfunctional relationships um, and keeps them from understanding that they have some responsibility in it.
2: And before uh, we end up with adults with these personality traits, are there things that parents could do to help prevent? Um, adults from becoming codependent or uh, developing this narcissistic type of trait.
1: Codependency and uh, these pathological, pathological narcissistic, narcissistic disorders are created by unhealthy and very dysfunctional parents. So the best advice I can give anyone is to work on yourself because it it will it will go from generation to generation to generation. Every codependent that I've ever worked with. Um, can trace back in their family tree um, um, a mother and a father who were the codependent and narcissistic match. And they can go back to their grandparents and their great-grandparents. It is that predictable. And the way to solve this problem is be the first generation um, like myself where you decide to break the pattern. And I broke the pattern. And I have a 19-year-old son who has seen me for uh, for the last 10 years uh, be healthy and romantic relationships. He's seen me with my, my wife, Correll, who I've been married to five years now for seven. I've demonstrated and, and role modeled what healthy love is. So he has a chance, and perhaps this might be the last generation. And um, So that's the best we can do for our kids is to take care of ourselves. And by taking care of ourselves, we'll be able to love them in a way that will help uh, set that relationship template for them so that when it's time for them, um, to be in adult relationships, they will naturally and magnetically be attracted to someone who's good for them.
0: Oh,
2: that's great advice. And so my my last question for you is um, I usually love to leave my listeners with a health tip of the week. And, and so I wonder if you were to suggest uh, something. What do you think is the most important uh, thing or step that we can take today to cultivate or nurture a healthy relationship? Because that's what many of us are seeking.
1: Well well, a healthy relationship is about communication. It's a, it's about um respecting people's differences. Is is it, in my opinion, the best the, the most the most challenging thing to do in a healthy relationship is learning how to argue. Is learning how to manage anger and disappointment. Because so often um, in, a, in, a, in a relationship, whether you're, it's healthy or dysfunctional, when there's anger and disappointment, it triggers us, and we get defensive, and we get angry, and we draw the line in the sand. But my wife and I, you know, for example, we have learned to argue well, to resolve our differences, and to me, if you can master being mad at someone, you can master um, at um, the, the, the art of arguing, that's the very hardest thing for anyone to do in a relationship and that's when things change. That's when you start to hug each other uh, and you start to love each other right after your your argument. You start to laugh at each other, and you're drawn closer. So of all the things I could uh, recommend to your audience, and I could recommend hours of things, (laughs) I would recommend that.
2: Well, I thank you so much. The book is called The Human Magnet Syndrome, Why We Love People Who Hurt Us, and the author is Ross Rosenberg. I thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, if you would like to have more information about Ross and his book, you can find them at thehumanmagnetsyndrome.com. Was there another website, uh, Ross?
1: Well, thehumanmagnetsyndrome.com is, is a website that will lead you to all information about me, the book, and links to my other websites. Thehumanmagnetsyndrome.com.
2: Yeah, and I've I've read the book, and it's definitely an eye opener. uh, It's filled with a lot of great information, and I can tell you, some of you as listeners, you will recognize yourself, and this will be uh, a a way that you can change your dysfunctional relationship. So once again, uh, Ross, I thank you for coming on the show and sharing this great information, and I encourage the listeners to go out and get this book because it's really worth it. Thank you, Ross.
1: Well, thank you, Diane, and best to you, and I love your radio show.
2: Oh, thank you so much again this is uh, uh that was Ross Rosenberg, and the book is called "The Human Magnet Syndrome: Why We Love People who Hurt Us Really, really interesting information, so I do thank him for coming on the show. Um, please join me next week when uh, my guest will be Hugh Rowe. Hugh is the author of joseph's memoir, Life Lessons for a Successful you and uh Hugh will be giving away copies of his book, so go to my Facebook page for details. That page is facebook.com forward slash Dr. Diane A. Thompson, all one word. I also invite you to follow me on Block Talk Radio. It's very easy. Just simply go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash Dr. Diane Thompson. You will be taken to my page, and right below my picture is that follow button so click that button and i will be able to keep you abreast of all the latest information about the show again i would like to thank ross for coming on really great information and the book is really good I, i really encourage you to go out there and get it please remember that your health is your wealth i know that many times we don't realize it until we've lost it so please Do something, at least one thing this week that's healthy for yourself and for your relationship. And I look forward to seeing you on the broadcast next week. And as always, I appreciate you listening. I know you could be someplace else, but I appreciate you joining me and I hope you've learned something. Take good care.
0: You have been listening to Health Talk with Dr. Diane M.D. Please tune in every Sunday on blogtalkradio.com slash Dr. Diane Thompson at 6.30 in the evening Eastern Time or 3.30 in the afternoon Pacific Time for the best in inspirational health information. If you have missed any part of this broadcast or would like to find out more about Dr. Diane MD, please go to drdianethompson.com. That's drdianethompson.com. Or like us on Facebook at facebook.com Thompson. That's facebook.com Thompson. Strive to be happy, healthy, and wise. Have a great evening.